Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to tackle a topic that could turn to be controversial here. Um, the Lord's Prayer. Should I be praying the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis? Um, should it be something we recite each week in church? Some churches do, some churches do not. Uh, is that something that we need to be doing? Is that something that, that Jesus set up for us to repeat? Or what is it? So there are a couple places you can find the Lord's Prayer. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6, where you can find it in this instance as well. Beginning in verse 5, so leading up to the prayer, and if you go to other passages, you'll find that it was by request of the disciples. So the title of the Lord's Prayer is really kind of a misnomer anyway. The disciples asked for how they should pray, and he gave them uh, the formula in the Lord's Prayer for how they should pray. So it's really our prayer or their prayer. Um, but is it something we should recite? Beginning in verse 5 with some background, when you pray, Jesus says, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their full reward, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here he's saying the main focus of prayer should be private. Now that's not to say that we don't have public prayers and we don't have uh, prayers together as a congregation in church, but the main focus of prayer should be private. If you look at the vast majority of times that Jesus prayed, he went alone. He went off alone, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was facing the crucifixion imminently, he went with Peter, James, and John further away from the rest of the disciples, and then he told them, sit here while I go a little further and pray. And so he was still praying alone. He constantly went up on mountains to pray alone. And he sent the disciples off on a journey across the Sea of Galilee once while he stayed back to dismiss the crowds and pray alone. And so the idea here in verse 5 is don't do it for attention. If you're reciting the Lord's Prayer just to show how well you can recite it or how well you can say it or how dramatic you can you can provide in your voice while repeating it uh, you're in the wrong spot um, that's not what you should be doing with the lord's prayer don't do it for attention and i'm not saying everybody who does does it for attention but some do and so standing and praying on in the synagogues on street corners to be seen by men or in your church or whatever is condemned here by Jesus saying, you've already received your full reward by from the people. You're not going to get any reward from God for that. Well, continuing in verse 7, he says, And when you are praying, 
Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. The meaningless repetition, or just rote repetition, just saying something for the sake of saying it. Jesus says that's pointless. So if you are repeating the Lord's Prayer because that's something that you think you should do, but you're just repeating the Lord's Prayer because it's the Lord's Prayer and I know the words, I'm not taking any thought or or conscious effort in, in when I'm praying these things that my mind is really not praying, it's just my rote memory, um, that's pointless. Just reciting the Lord's Prayer for the sake of reciting the Lord's Prayer, dare I say, is sacrilegious. You say, well, sacrilegious, how can repeating the Lord's Prayer be sacrilegious? Because Jesus wants us to have an intimate relationship with him and with the Father. And so this should be an intimate conversation when we pray. It should be an intimate conversation with the Father through the name of Jesus. And when we are just repeating a prayer of someone else's, most of the time that's not what's happening. We are not having that intimate conversation, that intimate relationship, that uh, relationship that comes from the heart. How many people repeat the Lord's Prayer just because they know what the words are or it's where we do it in the service or it's what we say when we say it, but it doesn't come from the heart? Right before he institutes it, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, don't use meaningless repetition. You say, well, it's not meaningless. It's the Lord's Prayer. Well, it's meaningless if it if it has no meaning to your heart. If you're not me, if you're not meaning it, if you're not praying it from your heart, it's just that. It's meaningless. So, what is the Lord's prayer, and how should we pray? Verse nine: Pray then in this way, and then he gives what we title the Lord's prayer. He says, pray in this way. He doesn't say, pray according to this script or according to these words. He says, in this way or in this manner or in this form. So he gives us some principles here for how to pray because these are his disciples are coming to him and saying, we don't quite understand what a good prayer looks like. Can you give that to us? Can you show us what a good prayer looks like? And he says, yes, I can do that. Pray in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very first part of the prayer is acknowledge God. He is our Father. Acknowledge him in respect. Acknowledge him in his position. Acknowledge him in who he is. So we need to acknowledge God first off in our prayer and not just dear Father or dear Jesus or something of that nature because he takes it a little bit further. He says, our Father 
who's in heaven, our heavenly Father, our Father who is um, holy, be your name. So now you start reciting to God and praising God, worshiping God, because prayer should be a form of worship, worshiping God for who he is. He is holy. What does it mean to be holy? Think about those things. How is it that he's completely separate from sin? And and how is it that his holiness relates to us and how we are completely sinful, but yet through his grace, he imputes his holiness upon us? All of those things come should come to mind as you're thinking about who God is. And it's going to be different in each time that you pray. One time you may focus, like Jesus did here, on the holiness of God. One time you may focus on the immenseness of God. One time you may focus on his power or his justice or his provision for us. Look through the characteristics of God given in Scripture, and those are great things to focus on in the beginning of your prayer. You may say, well, why would we do that? I thought prayers were just about um, our requests to God. Actually, they're not. If you look in Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, when it says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. He gives us two different words there. The prayer is actually the time of prayer that's worship and praise to God. The supplication, on the other hand, is where we give the requests. That's what supplication is. And so the general word for prayer is actually a form of worship. And so we need to start out worshiping our God. And that's how Jesus, in his form here, not script, he gives us to start out in worshiping God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does our saying it make it happen? Absolutely not. His will is going to be done whether you say it or not. Don't give yourself that sort of respect and power in your mind that you think you have that you don't. Your reciting something does not make it happen. Claiming something in the name of Jesus does not make it happen if it is contrary to the will of God. Sorry to burst a lot of people's bubbles there. Instead, we should have humility and submit, which is a form of worship, by the way, to the will of God. Jesus always, in every instance of his prayers in the scriptures, submitted to the will of God, even to the point in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, I wish that this cup would pass from me, that I wouldn't have to go to the cross, I wouldn't have to go through all the garbage that's going to happen, but not my will, but yours be done. That is how we need to approach prayer. Jesus is saying you need to approach prayer in worship, But in recognizing who God is, you also need to recognize who you are and submit your will to his. That's a great place to start your prayer. Recognizing who God is, submitting our will to his, because now we're going to get into some of the supplication portion, 
and we need to make sure our supplications are submitted to the will of God, not just to my will. Because that's how a lot of us pray on a regular basis is according to our will. Then he says in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. He's not asking for wealth. Contrary to the prosperity gospel preachers out there, he's not asking for power. He's asking for what he needs. Give me today what I need for today. Give me enough bread to eat today because, God, I trust you that I will ask you for bread tomorrow and you will provide for bread for tomorrow. So submit to God's will. Trust him. Pray for your needs. And that is really the only supplication he's praying for that is about himself. He's not praying for, you know, extra this, extra that. He's not, nowhere in here do you see praying for Aunt Millie's knee. Or not that that's a bad thing, but we focus most of our prayer time, it seems like, on you know this person's physical needs and that person's physical needs and this person's physical needs and another person's physical needs and somebody I don't even know's physical needs. He says, give us this day our daily bread and the rest of this prayer that is focused, forgive me, forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive me, God, because I have recognized already in prayer how holy you are, that I need to submit to your will, that I am completely under your provision, that I am incapable of supplying anything for myself, and now I am recognizing my sinfulness, and please, God, forgive me. And according to you and what you have told me, I'm forgiving others because you've also said that I need to do that if I want to be forgiven. And so God, forgive me my trespasses, my debts, depending on your translation, because we've also forgiven other people that have done wrong to us. See, very little of this prayer is really about what we make it about. And then he ends up, the prayer rounds it out in verse 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Don't help me, God, not to sin again. You see see the flow of this prayer? God, I worship you for who you are. I'm submitting to who you are. I know that I have no power in of myself so please provide for me. And I am a sinful man. Please forgive me. I'm forgiving others as you've requested me to do. Please help me not to sin again. Deliver me from the temptation because I know that I am weak. And so he's asking, deliver us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil God, please help me not to sin again. I know it's an affront against you. It's it's offense to you. I don't want to do this. Please help me never to do this again. 
deliver me from evil. The main focus of this prayer that's on me is actually so that I don't offend God. Forgive me and help me to be more like the the man that you've designed designed me to be. That's how I need to be. So God, please deliver me from evil. And then some of your translations will add, or add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think that's a wonderful thing to add at the end of your prayer. Couch your prayer in the beginning and the end with worship of God, recognizing his authority, recognizing his, his sovereignty over you, and recognizing that he has alone the power to provide for your needs. So should I be reciting the Lord's Prayer? Dare I say probably not, because we are prone to just recite things in the words that are there and not really think in the depth of this prayer. This prayer is deep. But it gives us the principles. Instead, I need to be praying with worship. I need to be praying in submission. I need to be praying um, in recognition of who he is, in recognition that I uh, I am in need of him, and that I need him to help provide for my daily needs, what those may be. And I, I, I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to forgive others. I need to then ask for God to help me so that I'm not continually sinning. And then recognizing exactly again who he is that I'm praying to. We treat God like a cosmic genie most of the time when we pray. Instead of the holy righteous, immense, all-powerful God that he is. May we always go to God in prayer, recognizing who he is, who we are, and our need of him. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. (music) 